Hello and welcome to the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast, where we believe all weddings can be epic in their own right and uniquely you. We're your hosts, Tim and Matt, a photographer and videographer in the industry. Tune in as we dive deep and unpack all things weddings, how to make it fun, stress-free, and provide other creatives in the industry tips and tricks to raise the standard when it comes to planning the perfect wedding. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast with Tim and Matt. Hey mate, how are you? G'day Tim, I am going well. What is happening in the world of Tim this week? Um, It's been an interesting weekend. It has definitely been an interesting weekend. Uh, no weddings, but I have been pretty sick, which sounds like a common theme lately. It, it, it is. I feel like the last couple of podcasts we've been seeing, <laughs> we've been sick or someone's been sick. And I think you've been sick uh, at least two or three times oh, since mate. then. So it's uh, it's always good. Thank God it is the down season. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I had a wedding. It was good. I enjoyed it. I was at Seacliff House. It was amazing. Um, there was some ridiculously epic florals set up. Uh, the bride's sister is a florist and it was so damn good. How good. How good. Well, mate, let's start. Let's have a chat about today. What What is happening today? We got a special one. We do have a special one and uh, not just a special one in terms of the human, uh, but we have an exciting episode for you all. Uh, she's laughing at us. So that's why I uh, made sure I said the human for her. Um, but we have the amazing Georgia Fletcher, which it's been a little while since we've uh, been talking to about getting her on. And it's like, we are super pumped to have her on today. So uh, let's just not muck around. Let's just get her in. So Georgia, what is happening? Thanks for jumping on the Make It A Be Building podcast. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be able to rip off the podcast band-aid and be here with you. Yay. Oh, how good. Let's let's not pretend that this is take two, but let's get straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the enthusiasm that she had when she said hi. Like I was like, oh, hello, we're here. We're ready. Hi, Georgia. Oh, look, this has been Wake up. Oh, this has been a long time coming. We've been we've been trying to get you on for a while, Georgia. I'm so pumped to be here. I've got all my answers trying to to prep myself in my brain. <laughs> However, will I answer properly? Fingers crossed. Lucky it's lucky it's not live. We can go back and uh, you know make make a big deal about it, and we'll like you know delete that part of it. So it'll be fine. <laughs> well, let's top and change. Let's find out a little bit more a little bit more about Georgia Fletcher. We're gonna we're gonna hit you with some quick fire questions, Georgia. Just answer what comes first: coffee after five p.m. No coffee after five p.m. for me. Otherwise, I won't sleep, and I need my sleep. But that doesn't mean that I don't have three coffees before midday, so. That's good. I had I had two before 7.30 a.m. this morning, and it was great. And then I think I've had about three or four since. Um, anyway, that's enough about me. Uh, uh, Favourite beverage in the world of beverages? Oh, can I say coffee? Because that you, really you is can. a favourite. What type of What type of coffee? What's your Ooh. go-to order? Um, I really don't actually know the difference between a flat white and a latte, but I dabble between the both with almond milk. Mm. And my hack at the moment has been doing the Macca's drive through Not that that's like a sponsor me now Macca's, but I really <laughs> do like the convenience of drive through It's really handy. I, just, I, I, like the yeah, I don't like the convenience of it, but I hate the coffee. <laughs> oh, the almond milk's really good. Milk Lab. It's so good. You don't have to get out of your car. It's just... I love it. Ooh. So coffee's my favorite. So 
using coffee for both of those answers, please. Well, I'm all about that lactose-free life, but I haven't dabbled in almond milk or oat milk or any of the other milks. Soy just doesn't tickle my fancy. That's okay. I'm pretty sure you shouldn't look at the ingredients, but um, it's definitely not just almonds. <laughs> <laughs> or just milk and water. So, but it's delicious, which is the main thing. Oh, well, well uh, Georgia, what book are you reading at the moment? Uh, ceremony scripts. No, I um actually <laughs> am about to go on a holiday. Surprise! Oh my goodness, I am going on a holiday in a few weeks' time, and I've gone and bought the new Tony Lodge book. Do you follow their podcast, Tony and Ryan? Anyway, they're very funny and I've heard snippets of her on other podcasts and I'm interested to hear her life story. It's called like something to do with therapy and other things. But I'm reading that. Perfect. Or about Amazing. <laughs> and what's your most memorable piece of advice you have received in life so far? Um, That's a good one. There's lots of advice that I could probably think of. But it depends on who and what the context is. So let me come back to that one. I don't know. What's your <laughs> I just have so many people tell me memorable things that I have yes. so many well, options of well, I work <laughs> amazing with... humans. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that children have said because they're pretty wise too. Oh yes, tell me tell us one. Tell us one. Maybe your maybe uh... your little fella. What's what's one memorable thing that has been an amazing piece of advice your little fella's given you? Oh, I don't know. He tells me not to worry or he says it's okay. I don't know. Just very innocent things. I think those timely reminders from children that look through life with rose-coloured glasses is really nice because they can bring you back down to earth. So anything that's got to do, I mean, not telling people to relax or calm down, <laughs> um, but things like things like let it go, it'll be okay, oh. Um I don't know. Validating how you feel is an important. That is that know, is that's actually not really amazing. Is it? My three-year-old daughter has just started saying to my wife, "Calm your farm," because apparently I say no. that to my wife very often. <laughs> <laughs> that's <See>? so good. <laughs> so humbling. So humbling. Oh, the first. <laughs> well, if we're telling stories about kids, my four and a half month old baby giggled for the first time, like proper cackle oh. giggled the other day for the first time because I was giving him raspberries. So that was a pretty cool little Isn't that moment. So, That's uh, beautiful. Yeah, that was a little nice bring me back down to, uh, you know, solid ground again. That was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty bloody That's special. Nice. Special. That's special good. I love that. Um, Georgia, if you could go anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? Oh, I am going to Fiji in three weeks. So if I could speed that up and I could go there really quick, that would be great. Although um, back in the day, I did do some teaching pracs over in Calcutta in India. And then I've also been to South America. Um, and to be able to go there and also, I don't know, explore a little bit more, um, that would be amazing. I did have great experiences over there. Sick. That's interesting. Oh, good. Very good. Last one, because this was definitely not quickfire. So anyway, that's fine. Um, if you're an exotic, if you were to buy an exotic pet, what would it be? An exotic pet? Goodness. Yes. This is not quickfire because I don't know what's coming to my head when I think of exotic pet. Like a unicorn came to my head, but I don't really want a unicorn. <laughs> I don't really want a unicorn. Well, that's a mythical, but we'll take mythical oh. or exotic. That's fine. <laughs> well, what would your exotic pet be? 
Um, my exotic pet would be a salamander. Comes to my what? head. Oh, In... the kids at school love those. The yeah. one, you know, what's the one that um, changes color? A chameleon. Ooh. Yeah, that one. That'd be pretty bloody oh. awesome. Yeah. Are they exotic? Yes. Are you, who, how many people do you know with have a chameleon in their backyard, mate? <laughs> Not many. Is oh, my goodness. What about a sticky insect? Is that exotic? Yeah, They're that's cool. a classic. How old's your child again? Four, isn't he? Four and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's a sticky four and a half year old cool. answer. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Tick. Done. Lock that one in. Well... I'm so glad that we took the time to do that <laughs> quick fire because uh, it definitely wasn't quick. So if you've made it this far, we Oops. all really appreciate you listening. Thank uh, you. But we're going to dive in because we got to know you a little bit there. We realized putting you on the spot is not your strong suit. Um, apparently, little insight into uh, Georgia Fletcher. <laughs> I think a lot. But if you give her a microphone at a wedding, she's a different human. I'll tell you that much. But tell us a little bit about who you are and like, I guess... What led you to becoming a celebrant? Oh, love that question. So who am I? Well, I am a celebrant MC wedding coordinator. I also do a little bit of primary school teaching. That has been my main hustle up until I took my celebrant business full time. I absolutely fell into loving wedding planning when I got married in 2016 myself. So my husband, Max, and I have been together, or we've been married for seven years, and I fell in love with the admin of wedding planning. Although I completely validate those overwhelming experiences when you're in the trenches of finding inquiries, booking vendors, paying deposits left, right, and center, come the day of the wedding and the aftermath of being in cloud nine wedding bliss, I just loved it. And celebrancy seemed like a great avenue to wander down, and I fell into it and did it. So good. No regrets. Well, How good? How good? You Is have good so answer? many hats that you you have so many hats that you wear. I always like every time I would like see you on uh, Instagram, you're like selling stuff, and then you're like planning stuff, and then you're like organizing stuff, and then you're like there's just so many little hints and tips from you, uh, and I think that probably comes back to the fact that you do wear a lot of hats, um, and that you do do a lot of things. Out of your uh, your is three, let's call it three services. What is your favorite? I think I love to be celebrant. Oh, it's so hard because each one offers different things that are so exciting and so enjoyable. And I try to make each role really different. And I think the, the celebrant side, because that's where you really get to know a couple on a really vulnerable, really deep level. And celebrants are in a very privileged position when they get to know a couple because they do a lot of the heavy lifting in the lead up to the wedding and also get to know the couple on a very personal level, getting to know how they met, what their first date was, what brought them together, what marriage means, and to be able to be in that position on the day of the wedding, knowing all of that stuff and then sharing that and being the only person that gets to do that. And also reading their vows. You are in such a beautiful position as a celebrant. And I think that is my favorite, but it's very hard to choose. For sure. And I like working with so many different celebrants, like you can see like such a range of skills between everyone. Everyone has their own like certain style, but it's quite obvious like with you, Georgia, that you've got a unique skill set and very much a strong desire to like tell a story and to get to know your couples. Um, and I think in our first like couple of weddings together, like, I really noticed how much detail you put into like telling your couple's story. 
And like as a videographer, when I'm like going through audio, when I'm like working through the film and trying to really like lay the story out and the foundations for couples, like it's quite obvious, like there's just so much effort put into like how you interact and like how you get to know a couple to really tell that story in the first place. So do you want to walk us through like, what does that process look like when a couple books you and how can you get to a point where you're comfortable in knowing exactly who like this person's couple is, who they are as individuals, who they are as a couple and how you can best tell their story? Oh, good one. Well, firstly, thank you. That's very nice of you to hear that, or for me to hear that. I love that. Um, so how I get to know a couple and get to where they are on the wedding day, it all comes down to quality over quantity. It's the quality of the relationship, the quality of the time that we've spent. And I also take into account the time that the couple have and geographical challenges that we might experience along the wedding planning journey as well, because not everyone books their celebrant with enough time to be able to have multiple face-to-face meetings or rehearsals or Zooms. But some people do have the luxury of time, which is amazing. So once a couple books me, I send them a link to their ceremony script and they can see that it's completely blank. It's a bunch of headings with lots of different options and ways that they can feel inspired to provoke lots of thought and ideas around what they might like to include in their ceremony. So having that script as a very transparent, open, honest process also creates a bit of a teamwork effort and it encourages lots of communication. So... Once that ceremony script is shared, we have a face-to-face meeting. I send a couples quiz, which they can do in their own time. And that allows me to capture the love story. But what you say in writing sometimes isn't enough. So being able to exchange that dialogue face-to-face or over email or following up with a bit of time once the couple couples quiz is done, that makes a significant difference to just bouncing ideas and finding a little bit more detail or finessing that experience that they had. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, once the couples quiz is done and I create all of that and then we have our meetings and we just liaise and have lots of different correspondence over the wedding planning journey, it comes together on the day because I just want couples to feel like a friend is marrying them so they feel really relaxed. That's really amazing. I love that. Mainly because of the point that I can relate to it so, so much. And I feel like you're on the same page, Matt, here. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, the effort made in the lead up uh, and, you know, like obviously the, I guess just like the, the effort that it takes to create like a personal story really can elevate an experience for the couple, like before they've even got to the wedding itself, because they know that you genuinely care. And so I suppose like leading into that is like, who would be your ideal couple? And like, how do you like specifically help them elevate their day? That's a great question as well. So I always think who my ideal couple might be, and it's really hard to to nail that down to a specific type because I'm also someone that just loves everybody and sees the world through rose-coloured glasses and sees good qualities in, in everyone, and that's really important. Um, I do tend to marry lots of teachers, nurses, occupational therapists, police officers, and a lot of those people that give to the community and maybe are very innate it empaths but my ideal couple isn't locked and loaded into any sort of career type or people type so to be able to get to know them is very very important and I guess I don't really know how to answer the rest of that question (laughs) so I I guess I was running on to like how do you like help them elevate their their wedding experience Mm. okay yeah that's good 
Okay. So how I do that is finding the right way to communicate with them. So if they are very busy career people, um, email is going to be the best for them. If they are creative writers and they love to write, you know, there are journalists that I've married or lawyers that I've married and part of their daily job is to do lots of writing. So putting lots of input into the ceremony script and into emails complements their experience as well. But otherwise, for lots of people that like to communicate and like to talk and like to converse and connect on a deeper level, face-to-face meetings are really important for those couples too. So just being able to get to know what communication style is going to be valuable to them and then building on that because then I know how to communicate with them and not to overwhelm them either. I don't want to hassle people. I don't want to give, you know, overwhelming deadlines because I know people are coming at them left, right and centre. So just being that support person on the sideline to make sure that they are feeling supported and that I'm there to guide them whenever they're ready. 100%. I feel like the, like this, that like last sentence you said about like the support and the like knowing that you're there to help whenever they're ready is really important because I actually had this conversation today. I shot an engagement session this afternoon and I was having a chat with a couple and they were like, super organized well when i say they she was very organized and the groom was just kind of like yeah she's all (laughs) on top of this um which is which is a classic i always do find that quite funny and uh but i guess the point is that like they are probably uh six or seven months away from their wedding still um and she was like yeah i'm just like i'm good to go ready to go just kind of waiting for it all to happen and I was like, oh, yeah, like, did you, like, get help at all? She's like, oh, I didn't want to bother anyone. Like, I just kind of just been doing it myself. And I'm like, it's so important to feel comfortable, like, and, like, to feel okay to reach out to us, you know? And I guess this is my little time to tell everybody listening, like, if you have hired somebody, and it may not be any of us, um, but whoever you have hired, like, do reach out to them if you need help with something. Because we genuinely do want to help you guys. And, um, I suppose that is a good aspect of finding a vendor that really aligns with you guys is if they are willing to help you, willing to, you know, send you a text message or reply to a, you know, Instagram message or something like that. Like it definitely can improve like just the day itself. Um, and it, like, I don't know, I, I don't want you to be kept up at night because uh, you're worrying about, I don't know, yeah. some part 100%. of it. 100%. Yeah. So find, find vendors who obviously have a passion for exactly what you want. Cause it's interesting. I met with a couple today and their wedding is in seven months and they haven't chosen a celebrant yet. Well, and, here I am. And they, <laughs> and they were thinking, oh no, like we still got seven months. Like it's still, like we still got a while. And like, I'm trying to calmly make the point. It's actually not that far away, but obviously they have a very different outlook to that. Uh, which is completely fine. Um, but obviously my, my advice is to like figure out, okay, that's fine. Obviously quite, quite relaxed with it. We need to find someone that's obviously going to align me vision. Someone that's going to be quite relaxed in that point as well. But how else can we elevate your experience? Like for me as a, as another vendor, I'm like, okay, well, I can recommend some celebrants, um, that probably like fit that, uh, fit that vibe. But also we're seven months out as well. It's it's getting pretty close. That is really yeah. tricky. That also makes me a little bit nervous. It but does. They will find someone. There is an abundance of celebrants and other vendors out there. And it's just about taking the time to be able to lock in those vibe checks with people or to gauge from their written communication. I often say to couples, 
that are looking, you know, at expos or other marketing opportunities, if they're looking for vendors to go on Instagram and look at the language that they're using, listen to the videos, how they're communicating to their audience, how they're connecting with the people that they know in the wedding world, you know, and you can gauge a lot from what they're putting in writing and then also how you can engage with them and what you're listening with them. But I, yes, would be looking at a booking a celebrant yeah, soon. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of social media and Instagram and TikTok and the like, and, and maybe perhaps the um, new app threads, um, you're quite active on social media, Georgia. And we I do, do love social media. Yeah. <laughs> we do love seeing your face around. And I feel like even before I started working with you, I really got to a point where I knew exactly who you were and what your personality was like. And obviously you are such like... High energy individual, and it is bloody amazing. I love that. Um, but how do you think social media has like impacted like your business? Is that like a, a major component like of, of your marketing and attracting like the clients that really understand who you are first before they inquire? Yes, and social media has been phenomenal. It's been a game changer so much that I'm not actually on any directory now. And a lot of my inquiries, if they're not word of mouth or a referral. They're from Instagram or TikTok. I've booked a couple of people from TikTok now. And here's a fun fact, though. I have really bad imposter syndrome. So anytime you might see my face on Instagram, know that moments later I put my phone down so I don't delete the story. So it's great to know that you enjoy the high energy and the high vibes. But um, it is something that I still tread very delicately on to make sure that I'm using the right language in an inclusive and supportive way. And also not being overwhelming and in people's faces too much. I don't want to be able to put that image up that everything is always amazing because we know that's not real world. But I do love sharing lots of behind the scenes and wedding ideas that if I'm not emailing the couple directly or Instagramming the couple directly about things that they might like for their wedding, at least they're seeing it on Instagram or they're seeing it in a more sort of neutral way so that you can take what they like from there. I feel like uh, imposter syndrome is such a hot topic and it may be an entire episode that we would do one day, but why not? Let's just throw in an extra little question in there. Let's just dive into that a little bit because I do think it's quite important and I do... It's huge, right? I do think it's nice to get vulnerable though, right? Like it is a weird thing to do. And I suppose from my perspective, actually from all three of us and what we do, right, in different ways, we expect our couples to get to some level of vulnerability with us, right? For whether it's like, you know, writing uh, ceremonies and like, you know, vows, whether it's, you know, for me and Tim in a portrait session, like we, there is an expect, not an expectation, but a, a, the option there to be vulnerable in front of us. And so imposter syndrome is something that, you know, we don't talk about very much. I would guarantee 99.99% of everybody in the creative world, wedding world has experienced it. What is it about imposter syndrome that um, I suppose makes us feel that little bit icky at times? I think because we're saturated in information now, no, nowhere else before, you know, the social media came along, you know, even seven years ago when I was planning my wedding, I don't remember Instagram and I don't remember TikTok. And now we are in wed talk and hashtag land where there is an abundance of ideas, whether it's as you're planning your wedding, you can get imposter syndrome like, oh, but what if I don't want an audio guest book? I want to do it like this. And is that going to be okay? Will my guests like that? 
And then from a vendor point of view, you know, you're seeing what other amazing celebrants are doing or the equipment that other vendors are bringing to weddings and thinking, oh, is that is what I'm doing enough? So it's about surrounding yourself with people. I think now what's definitely helped me is meeting people and getting to know people that I think are a bit weird, quirky and unique like me and celebrate that. And that's really important to find your support network that you feel truly yourself with and hearing that feedback that you said earlier was like, oh, okay, it's not so overbearing and it's okay to put myself out there. So it is a scary concept though and so multi-layered. Yeah, definitely. I think almost everyone struggles with imposter syndrome. Like I know I do, um, I think it can, it can show up in many forms, but I really think it's something that if you really have a passion for something, you're going to care what other people think of you. And I can say it's like, I care what people think of me like on the day, if I'm doing a a good enough job on the day, I care what the end product is that I deliver. I care about making sure that I provide an experience for my couples that really provides a high, high experience for like for everyone around a high, like quality experience for all vendors around. But I think having imposter syndrome just means you care, right? Yeah, I think there's a really fine line because at the end of the day, it means that you are reflecting on your practice and you're willing to take inspiration, ideas, and then make it your own. And that can be a really empowering thing as a business. So being able to strike that balance because it's a very, very fine line between letting it affect you emotionally, but letting it impact you professionally. Yeah, I heard a little, um, like a quote recently, and I can't remember exactly who it was from, and I'm not going to quote it exactly because I can't specifically remember the details, but essentially it went around, like talking about imposter syndrome, and it went around the fact of like, there's no such thing as imposter syndrome because the ideas that we are all doing have been there for so long that everybody has copied everybody. And so therefore, imposter syndrome isn't really a thing, but it's a thing mentally for us that we've all just kind of like came up with this term to say it's imposter syndrome, if that makes sense. That's interesting. A little bit of a brain. uh, Yeah, there was, I think there's there's something, there there is a book. There is a book. I'll have to find out the term. I'll have to find the book and put it in uh, in the show notes. But it's something along the line that artists steal and nothing is original. So just do mm. what comes naturally to you because at the end of the day, it is your art. It's subjective. Um, it is your process. And you can take inspirations from different areas within your life, but ultimately they're your inspirations and you can use them as your own like reflection onto what you think your art should look like. And whether that's in words, whether that's in photos and whether that's in videos or whatever. Yeah, I I feel like let's turn this a little bit to like the like ceremonies and the speeches because like obviously you for you Georgia you're doing ceremonies and you're also doing um, MC stuff so like us you see a lot when it comes to imposter syndrome I'm sure there are people out there that are like I've seen these speeches online and I would love to copy them or do something similar or whatever that may be. Um, you know, I don't know whether that's specifically imposter syndrome or the stress of imposter syndrome is around that. What are your thoughts in terms of like creating uh, these moments through the day or stuff you've seen online? And that's where we are saturated again, where we're seeing lots of snippets of really great speeches and people are like, oh, but what if they see that it's from a video or whatever? 
I was thinking about this today because I saw an amazing video of a speech of a wedding I did recently. I did the ceremony. I wasn't at the reception. But the groom got up and made a great reference. It was hilarious about, you know, thank you for inviting me to this day. And that may not have, you know, landed if you were sharing that and practicing that in a room of people that didn't know you. But come the wedding day, it's all context. And those people know you. And even though maybe that line or that interaction sounds overdone, the way that it was delivered was so well received by the people in the room. And it's like, I saw, you know, if you might've seen it on social media circulating where they opened up the piece of paper and they blew the dust (laughs) because it had been such a long time coming. And even though we've seen that in video form, people forget that because they're so present in the moment of the reception. And it's in that person's delivery that makes it so brilliant. It doesn't really matter that you might've seen it done at a wedding that you didn't even go to and you saw it as a great idea or a funny idea to add, but seeing that person in the room do it, you're so engaged with how they're delivering it, which is great. Can I just say the little dust blowing one, the person that came up with that's a bloody genius. That tells you what. <laughs> it was so good. It was Whoever so started funny. That, you're amazing. You are. But then how many, how many times do we see it now? <laughs> yeah, or the or the, the classic trend. hand on top of the oh, hand on top of the hand, yeah. and now you've got the upper oh, hand. Yeah, we yeah, we might go-to. look at it and be like, "All right, this is this is the fourth time I've seen this this month." But guests love it; they absolutely yeah. do love it, and they know yeah. the person well. So, if they were expecting that person to get up and go a completely different direction, or say something else, or start something else, because I often say to couples that I'm the MC for, I say, "You've got." three to five seconds to really get your audience. So if you're going to get up there and say, hi, for those of you who don't know me, you could use other avenues to become more engaging, like the blowing of the dust or saying something hilarious, like thank you for letting me be part of your day. Because it's funny. Even though we as vendors see it all the time, like you said, it lands really well to the guests, I think, in the reception because it comes down to your delivery. I know, because even even though like we watch this happen and we have a bit of a oh this like this joke again, watching the crowd's reaction is sometimes is classic. Like there's the people best. proper cacking themselves, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I always think about, it, I'm like, oh, it actually does make sense why you, you know you guys are losing your bananas right now if you've a never heard it or b you know this person really well and why that kind of like seems to work. I want to move on a little bit here because I wanted to talk about the fact of. Uh, like a little bit more about your TikTok and your Instagram and things like that. And I feel like this is rolling into some stuff, a little bit more about Georgia Fletcher and a little bit uh, deeper into the personality and the type of person you are. Uh, Recently, you went a little bit, a little bit viral on TikTok for some goodness. Maybe tell us about that and then we'll lead into it from there. Who knew that other people out there love Kmart like me? So I have been sharing some tips and tricks on ways that you can save money or look for more budget-friendly but still nice options to add to your ceremony So and your reception too for that matter. But I have been you know, visiting Kmart quite religiously. I have been going to the Salvos. We've got an amazing Kimbricky tip here on the Northern Beaches as well. So I've been going there and filming some short snippets and videos and uploading that onto TikTok and it has landed really well, particularly, and when I say landed really well, maybe like 200 views, but this one particular one, it was like a time lapse 
of a champagne tower. So I went to the budget section of Kmart and they have these beautiful champagne glasses where there's usually four in a pack for $16. You can find them online. It's like that C-O-U-P-E. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's fancy. It looks like ribbed glasses. You can tell I don't drink fancy drinks. But anyway, they're those fancy glasses. And one had been taken out of the box. And so they discounted it from $16 to 7 And it was in the bargain section. Anyway, I digress. I got two of those boxes and a like a glass tray thing because everyone needs a drip tray for a champagne tower. So what I did is I set up a time lapse and uploaded it onto TikTok of me putting this champagne tower together for under $30 because I paid less than $30. 23,000 views. I could not believe it. This little old celebrant from the Northern Beaches who had been safely coasting on 200 views on TikTok suddenly was going, why is it 19? Why is it 20? Oh, now it's 24 point something. And yeah, that <laughs> that was my TikTok gone viral oh, moment. Time to buy another Mercedes. So- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any sponsorship deals. I'm still waiting for Kmart to reach out. <laughs> so I suppose like that's such a that's a, such a gold story and I love it. So what other like what's your do you have any like I guess go to like little like organization budgety kind of like tips for the listeners out there that you know like I suppose when we're thinking about this too like you know in the nicest way possible people are not going to notice or care if you um, have purchased something for a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars or seven dollars for instance right like so yeah just take keep that in mind when you are planning your things but georgia tell us any any give us some golden nuggets it really depends on where you're at with your wedding planning and what you most value and what you're looking for so there are lots of amazing marketplace finds out there the other day i picked up 11 ceremony chairs for 60 dollars, and they are those really beautiful i don't know what they're called again I don't know. They just look great and I know they're functional, which is fantastic. So you can find really, really great items on Marketplace. So that's a really great place to start if you even just want to see some different ideas too on how things can look. You know, there are different 50 bazillion types of wishing wells that you can get that you can either hire. That's a great way to save money. Or you can look at things like Marketplace or find your local buyback store or the salvos is fantastic. And if you want to buy things brand new, then Kmart is very, very good for that. It's very affordable. How good. Let's let let's back it up here. Did you say you bought eleven ceremony chairs? I did. Did I need them? No, I didn't. <laughs> but I thought But Just in case. <laughs> for future uh, purpose, Georgia. That, purpose. That that was uh, the phrase that I said in my head as I got the ceremony chairs. I thought that it would be very handy because I've been doing lots of elopements and micro ceremonies recently that I just want to be able to help couples. I want to be able to say, oh, don't worry, I can bring one. I've got three different wishing wells now. I've got lawn games. I want to be able to make sure that I'm not just the celebrant, that I am someone that if I can help, I will. So if I can have those things in place for couples and also be environmentally friendly and budget friendly for them, then I absolutely want to be able to provide that for them. So no, I didn't need ceremony chairs, but I have them just in case. So now they're in the minivan for every wedding that you do. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's a great point too. I also don't have a minivan, so it was a slight game of Tetris, but we got them home in the end. <laughs> got them in the Mazda too. Happy days. <laughs> I was. We're we're dropping a lot time... of cars. Uh, maybe, maybe you should tell the audience what car do you drive, Georgia? Because we've said Mercedes, minivan, now Mazda two. <laughs> I got a, a secondhand Hyundai Tucson. It's quite big and it's lovely, but I was worried. Can you just tell us the rego of that as well, please? <laughs> no, and, uh... I'm not that silly. <laughs> Uh, uh, how often i I suppose like you know going into this because like a part of the the service you're offering at the moment obviously we spoke about you know the the three that you do so it's celebrate mc and coordination how often couples booking you specifically for say all three or like ceremony uh, sorry celebrant and the mc role like what's the is there like much of a muchness when those so uh, that's a great question too. So I often say that I am the MC with or without the microphone. I'm the coordinator with or without the microphone. So I never get booked for all three because I'm usually doing the MC part or the coordinating part. So especially if a venue doesn't already have a wedding coordinator on site, I find that paying for the service of the MC is fantastic. So I will be able to make sure that although each of those services is different, MC and coordinator, I tend to dabble in a bit of both if I'm booked for one or the other. Yeah, perfect. And so then obviously because you have been booked for them, going back a step and you have all of these, like I don't know, little goodies in your Georgia Fletcher Hyundai, uh, <laughs> you can then produce these and like couples can use them. Do you have like a, a, a I know you do probably, I'm probably answering my question already, but I'm assuming you have like a little like spreadsheet or a little like Canva document of all the things that you have in your Georgia Fletcher George, car. Georgia like... is so a spreadsheet type of gal. <laughs> oh, well, that's where you met. I, Excel is actually a bit of a brain boggle for me. I do love Canva though. Canva is my go-to. If I can express my creativity in Canva by creating a new document, a run sheet, an information booklet, an Instagram story with lovely aesthetics, that's my jam. But what I often do is I have now a set of pencil cases in my car, in a basket, all from Kmart. And they're each of the pencil cases. Please sponsor me, Kmart. Sounds so funny when I say them out loud. But uh, in each of those pencil cases, I've organized those from like, I've got a first aid pencil case. I've got a styling pencil case or like a fixer upper, sticky tape, magnetic tape, double-sided tape, duct tape, all the tapes. And then I've got an MC pencil case. And what I have in that is all the tips and tricks that I carry around in my little Mary Poppins bag to produce in the reception. So for example, if a couple don't already have disposable cameras. I have a few disposable cameras that I like to bring along. Um, If a couple want bubbles, I have a bubble gun. Um, Is there anything you do not do, Georgia? I just want to help Tim. I'm just here for the people to have an amazing wedding. Can I I just pause for a second? My brain stuck a few steps back on um, some of you. Did you say Mary Poppins or did you say Mary Poppins? Oh my lord, she did say Mary Poppins. That's amazing. Because the whole time I'm like, her 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 car and her like just personality is a little bit Mary Poppinsy in the way of like I feel like you just keep pulling stuff out of like your car or your bag. Um, and maybe exactly I, I was also I thinking on Canva you could create a new logo and uh, your logo could have your Hyundai looking a little bit like a Wiggles car or something with all like stuff oh, coming I out of it. That'd that. be really great. Anyway, job for you to do after this. Yes. <laughs> 
my brain is exploding with ideas. Oh. Well, we can't. I I can't say like what's your favorite role because you do so much. But what's your favorite aspect of everything that you do do? <laughs> so I already said that being the celebrant is my favorite, but I do really really enjoy come the day of the wedding. So. Once the ceremony is finished, and especially if I'm staying as MC, I really like that. There seems to be a really nice sweet spot in the run sheet between 5.30 and 7.30. It's just a time where the formalities have started, the pressure of the ceremony is done, the photos are finished, and it's really high vibes. And if you've got a dream vendor team, then everyone is just having a really great time. So I think from a time aspect... 5.30 to 7.30 in the reception is really my favourite part of the day if I'm doing it all. How good. How good. And because the wedding that we had together, we we had a little bit of a downtime and we had some fun, didn't we? We we ripped up that dance floor. A lot of fun. Well, mainly I ripped it. Mainly you ripped it. I I set up a camera and recorded you. (laughs) Yeah. Ripping it with my hands and my awesome dance moves. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of dance move videos and photos that have been coming from <laughs> that particular wedding, and uh, I'm sure, considering now you've been on the podcast, you're probably going to get a few of them posted onto the uh, Make It Epic Wedding Podcast uh, Instagram. So if you haven't already followed us, make sure you go and check it out to see some of George's amazing dance moves. Uh, it is a good time, and it is definitely worth checking out. I am not a choreographer at all. But as soon not as you are passionate, she... you're passionate about what you do and how exactly. you do it. Uh, yes, I love that. Definitely not coordinated, but can absolutely try my best. I think the highlight for me was when Tim had a time lapse set up and me and you were just like walking past in different ways. It was classy. It was very good. <laughs> Absolute um, pest. All right. But... So... <laughs> We've got to get back on track here because there's like one more question that I think, um, or yeah, one more question I think that you would have a lot of insight into. And I think it's something that we probably are going to start asking most people that come on. So what is like your one or two, you know, golden nuggets of advice for couples that are planning their weddings in 2024-2025? Have you booked your vendors yet? That's my biggest piece of advice. And if you haven't yet, start looking. And if you have your venues, you have three to five venues that you really love, think about the seasons, think about the time of year, what your family value, what you and your partner find sentimental, and choose a time of year that's going to line up with the venues that you love. Then once you've got your date and your venue, it's really important that you find three to five or even limiting that depending on how much time you have, three to five of your favourite vendors to lock them in as soon as you can. That's what I would encourage, and that would be my golden nugget in the early stages of your planning. During planning, enjoy life as well, because life goes on after the wedding. And it's really important that you and your partner know that you still enjoy other activities outside of talking about weddings. So, you know, make a bingo board. And you're not allowed to say any of those words. Play a game of wedding taboo. And you can't say any wedding words when you go out to dinner one night. 
and really prioritize the time and the experiences that brought you to your wedding process in the beginning and hold on and treasure that. Then my golden nugget for the day of is if you can't do, delegate. You have booked the most incredible amount and the incredible people to bring your day together. You've put all your trust in them. You have paid them to deliver a service. So it's time to just enjoy, to be truly present, embrace the stillness in the times that you get and allocate times for for that. And I know that you've said that on the podcast before, to really take those designated ad breaks wherever you can and ask your vendors when would be a good time and then they can hold you accountable in the most supportive and gentle way possible and remind you to go and take those sunset photos or go and do that champagne spray because if it, if it means being truly present with your partner in those moments, then that will really make your wedding day beautifully balanced. Well done. Nailed yeah. it. Holy we moly. We cannot say <laughs> anything else about that. And obviously we align okay. so much to what you've just said. Um, and especially on the day as well. Like it's about understanding, you know, what does the perfect day look like? And if we've done our jobs correctly, we would know what that perfect day looks like for you because we would have it organized. We would make sure that the run sheet is looking exactly to what you have envisioned, but also a wedding day is a wedding day. And on the day, we don't want you thinking about anything else except just enjoying the day. You have paid your vendors good money. Georgia, you've absolutely nailed it. And this is this is exactly why we love to have you on because you just see the vision. A wedding day, at the end of the day, is just another day as well. Life goes on after the wedding. We are there to provide a service. We are there to make sure that you have the best day ever. And if I think if you get the right vendors, they'll do that accordingly. Absolutely. And not just about what it looks like too. It's really about how those vendors and how the day is making you feel as well, because a bride and groom or a couple can really set the tone for how everybody else is going to feel and be brought into the space too. So making sure that you're in a great, healthy headspace to enjoy the day too. Because I think one thing that really can take away from a wedding day is rushing and stress. And the one thing to really combat that is to have time for yourself. And this is why we're huge fans of, you know, making sure perhaps we, we use it in terms of a sunset, you know, like let's go for a walk. Let's catch the last glimpse of light. Let's have a moment with just you guys without any of your vendors I don't know. Maybe we'll be behind a tree just creeping around. Just me in the background dancing. <laughs> but it just allows you to really enjoy that moment, to completely decompress. And it also gives us a chance to just like sit back and realize that we have absolutely nailed it this day for you guys. And we get a lot of enjoyment. I know I get a lot of enjoyment out of making sure that you guys have the best day ever. Matt, anything to add? No, I I was just thinking like how not everybody, not every vendor out there is probably willing to give the experience that like I suppose we all expect other vendors to give as well. So like on the podcast, we talk a lot about making sure that your vendors align with you. We make sure that, you know, like we said earlier, like, you know, reach out to us and talk to us. I know that not every vendor um, would probably agree with what we're saying, but I do wholeheartedly believe that like your day will be better if you are having people around you that genuinely care about you 
that genuinely want to see your day being amazing and that genuinely want to make a friendship with you. And it's not just about the business of the wedding itself and the wedding day itself. Like for me, the highlight of my career, I suppose, <clears throat> is that like when I get to go and hang out with people on multiple occasions after their wedding, you know, go and catch up for a drink or go and capture their family. You know, uh, recently I shot an amazing little family session with a couple that me and Tim actually shot their wedding and then they've had a baby since. Like, these little things are amazing little moments. And I know that um, like all of these come back to the fact that we genuinely care about people. And like George has been saying, she just wants to help people. Like me and Tim are in the same boat. Like we want you to reach out to us. We want you to talk to us. So if you've got one thing out of this podcast, I suppose it is make sure you find vendors like Georgia who are so keen to help you that they will buy a bigger car and unnecessary chairs and things like that to support your little elopement um, or go wild on TikTok filming themselves doing weird and wonderful things. Um, but Georgia, before we leave, we better find out where everybody can find you because you're a legend and people need to see more of you. <laughs> Thank you. So I am on Instagram, as I mentioned, also on TikTok, created a new account recently called Kmart Wedding Find. So if you'd like to follow along <laughs> with the journey for a little longer, I thought I might um, condense the content to not overwhelm people with Kmart and make a specific target audience for that. So I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, my website, and I love for, for people to follow along with me on as many platforms as possible because I absolutely love sharing my ideas and having a beautiful community to support and inspire wedding planning. Great Man, entertainment. So love it. good. I love it. It's, it's, it's literally the best. <laughs> uh, Georgia, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on today. We really appreciate you taking the time and we hope that uh, if you're out there listening, you got a bunch out of Georgia today because, uh, as we said, she's a legend and she definitely has a lot of knowledge, love, and experience in the wedding industry. So uh, we appreciate it. Uh, but as always, we love to hear your thoughts. We're keen to get you guys to continue to leave us some reviews. Me and Tim love it. Gives us that little bit of satisfaction when we jump on the podcast and you know record something new. But yeah, so if you can jump over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us some love. We'd love to hear from you or follow the socials. Uh, that's always and a good thing. And if you leave thing. a review, we'll we'll read it out live on the podcast. I think that'll be that'll be yeah. great. Hundred percent, we definitely will. And I suppose uh, maybe we should just drop this really quickly too. I, I know I was about to wrap up, and then I just thought about this, Tim. Stand in, mate. Go for we, it. If you. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, if you are a vendor out there and you are listening and you are like keen to hear more about what we're doing in terms of the vendor world um, and how we can build community, we actually have started uh, over the last few weeks a Make It Epic vendor page. Um, and if you want to find that out, it's on Facebook. It is Make It Epic Vendor Chats. Uh, and that's on Facebook. Come in, join the community. We are trying to jump on there weekly and just... Uh, start the conversation about different things in the wedding industry. So we'd love for you guys to join us. So yeah, definitely check it out. We might leave that in the show notes and we will leave all about Georgia in the show notes too. She's sitting here listening still about us rambling on. But anyway, we appreciate you, Georgia. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, any last words? No, let's not give you another opportunity to talk. I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> and now it's an hour podcast. <laughs> we Thank will start you for recording having you. Me. <laughs> 
you're amazing we really appreciate it. we always love having a good laugh with you too which is awesome so until next week thank you so much for being on the make it everybody podcast georgia we appreciate it and uh we'll speak to you all soon bye bye bye, bye.